Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, guys? It's your boy Dylan at ThunderJazz, and I'm here with a word from our sponsors, Bet Online. Uh, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. Bet Online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in game betting, props, and futures. Just head to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50, that is BLE50 in all capital letters, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Topic Thunder Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Hunzinger at Thunder Chats. We are part of the Believe Network, and I'm joined by a couple of lovely gentlemen. First, I got my co-host here. We've got the one, the only, the underscore, Connor Three Cone. What up, Cone? Not much. Uh, excited to talk about the Thunder. Feeling pretty good about our finals chances right now. Um, rest of the league should be on a bit of a watch. Uh, yeah, things are going good. Um, you know, it's a shame we won't get Victor Wimpanyama, but I guess I'll settle for a title. There you go. Hey, and that, that's perfect lead in. But first, before we get to that lead in, before we get to our guests, we've got one more. We've got my ride or die, my compadre, Alejandro, Alex Roy. What's up, Alex? I'm good. I'm good, man. Reporting live from the cave. You know, finally get to see the cave on, uh, <laughs> on YouTube. So here we go. Yes, we love it. We love it. Well, hey, let's get to our guest. So joining us today, we've got the co-host of the No Seamless podcast. If one is the conductor of chaos of the No Seamless Collective, the other would be the engineer. One is newly married. One is newly engaged. One referred to uh, Jalen Williams in a podcast as, well, we're not going to go there. And one guy mistake PJ Tucker for, or Jameer Nelson for PJ Tucker. Um, <laughs> returning to the Topic Thunder podcast, once again, representing No Ceilings, we got Tyler Rucker and Tyler Metcalf. Oh, gosh, that was great. Metcalf, we, uh, we really have some competition for those intros. I cannot believe. I woke up this morning real remembering the PJ Tucker thing was going to come back to haunt me. And I was like, Oh no, it's coming. I can't avoid it. But thank you guys for having me back on. I'm, I didn't get the chance to do this with Metcalf. So we should have a really fun time tonight. Yeah. I, I'm pumped to be, to be back on with you guys. And I, I will save my vulgar language for, for our, our own podcast. And I'll, I'll try to clean it up over here. Hey, you, man, you feel free to let it fry. Whatever <laughs> makes you comfortable. We got the explicit tag for a reason. But um, hey, let's let's get into it, guys. Uh, so before you know, obviously you guys are draft guys, and there's there's a big elephant in the room. Like we'll definitely address that. But this is a Thunder podcast, and we we played a game today. A lot of the guys that you guys covered in this past draft, and so um, before we get to those guys, sorry, I need to look at the doc before I just like you know get into the topics. Um, I know you guys were both very high on a certain Chet Holmgren, uh, so. 
let me let me go ahead and start by asking you what was your first read on the whole chet injury saga like how it happened him playing in the pro-am game um them shutting him down for the season and you know how how do you think that it's going to impact him good or bad in the future and uh, we'll start with Metcalf because Rucker's taking a drink. Okay, I was so trying to let Metcalf have the obvious <laughs> sign of like he should go first. So there you go. Um, I I felt like it was just a fluke thing. I it sucked. Um, you know, obviously it gets played up because of how you know skinny and fragile Chet is. Um, you know, if you believe everything you read out there, but it, it felt like something that was a complete fluke. He stepped weird, and it happened. Um. If he was like 300 pounds and seven feet tall, then I'd be a lot more concerned about a foot injury because uh, that's where the weight and body issues start to come into play. But, you know, everyone has an issue with how skinny he is, then they shouldn't have any issue with him recovering from a foot injury. So you obviously never want, you know, your one of your franchise cornerstones to have a foot injury, especially when they're seven feet tall. But it felt like a fluke incident to me. And then I don't really have any like major causes for concern with it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I, I obviously think shutting him down for the season and just letting him focus on rehabbing and not rushing back because they're not, you know, unfortunately in a space to rush him back at this point and just let him get healthy and build up his body and rehab and do all those things. And I, I just think that will be the best long-term outlook for him. And I think that's kind of the, the outlook that they have to have with all their guys right now. Yeah, I, just to go off what Metcalf said, I, I completely agree. You know, obviously it's a little annoying, especially for Thunder fans now, mm -hmm. but especially for draft evaluators, you know, we were tired of hearing about how skinny Chet was all year because he's a damn good basketball player. And it didn't take long to see that in Summer League. Like we realized how special he was in, in Salt Lake City with that first game. And um, if anything, I thought it was a fluke accident. It's not like he had a reoccurring history with injuries. I know a lot of people out there wanted to point out like lower body injuries with a skin frame or the thin frame. And it's like, okay, let's calm down. Let's, let's give him a full off season or a full season to recover, but he's going to be a damn good basketball player. He's going to be a very big piece for this thunder organization. I think Presti's being smart. Why are you going to try to rush a guy back his first year in the league? We've seen Ben Simmons, uh, Embiid, Blake Griffin. Mm -hmm. Those guys have all turned out to be pretty good. Um, not playing their first year. So Chet's going to be fine. He's a, he's a workhorse. He's a warrior. He's going to be determined to, you know, he's going to, he's going to feel like he's cheated. Like he's like, Oh, come on. I, I wanted to show the world what I can do. And he's going to be determined and remembering that the whole year. So I would not be worried if I was a Thunder fan, I think it's just a tease. You know, you, you guys obviously saw him in summer league, like I said, and, and he looks so special and Okay, so he's gonna be fine. If anything, this this weirdly might be part of a, a beautiful plan for Presti and and OKC fans moving forward. That's the narrative the media would, would have you believe. Anyway. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Presti Presti was literally beneath Chet Holmgren whenever he fell in that pro am. Like he was doing <laughs> that on purpose. He well, it'll be water interesting under the basket as yeah yeah up. exactly. Um, it'll it'll be interesting when the next CBA comes out, cause I have a feeling that'll be a big uh, part of the discussions because it's obviously awesome to see those guys in pro-ams for the community, but teams don't want to be uh, staying up late at night, hoping their guys don't get hurt. So, and, and the moment it happened to Chad, I was like, thanks a lot, LeBron. This is all your fault. No, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. But um, 
I really do feel like Chet's going to be fine. Um, he's, he's just too good of a player and um, too too determined, and he's going to work his butt off. I mean, the moment it happened, I was like, damn, Seattle really hates Oklahoma City. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, especially to happen in Seattle, I was like, oh, boy, there's some some basketball god stuff going on right now. Yeah. But, Bad juju um, going on. Yeah, just unfortunate. Yeah, and then, I mean, you know, the – I mean – you guys know, like, you know, Chet's work ethic and like, you know, how, how much he is driven to be the best. Like, you know, he said in an interview, like, who's the best, who do you think the best player in the league? He's like me in a few months. So obviously it's a little bit de- of a derailment, but he's getting shots up even on a scooter and he's draining shots on his scooter. So yeah, we're, we're very excited for Chet. So um, kind of moving on. Be the greatest, to, he's okay. going to be the greatest one-legged jumper, mid-range jumper ever. <laughs> Hey, that Dirk move just got a lot stronger this uh, this whole year. That's all he's going to be working on for a while. So <laughs> I hear right. the um, But yes, yeah, so, I mean, you know, we drafted uh, three other players in this draft, and you know, you guys being talent evaluators, you've been in this game a little uh, for a little while. Um, you know, we also have had some other young players in the past couple of drafts. Um, you know, playing the preseason, you've seen a little bit in summer league. So, uh, based on what you've seen thus far. Um, so I have a scale for you. All right. So, uh, you got yikes, which is the worst oof, which is a little bit worse. Okay. Which is just mid wow, which is good. And whoa is really good. So, uh, let's start with, uh, a guy that's a friend of the no Samus collective, Jalen Williams. Uh, I affectionately call him Santa. We don't have to get into that. Uh, what's your feelings on, uh, sir Jalen Williams, Santa Clara. Just Santa. <laughs> I mean, for, for, for me, it's a, a whoa right now. I mean, he looks every bit the part of an NBA guy. Uh, I mean, he's scoring, he's assisting, he's playing defense, he's playing off ball, on ball. He's doing everything you want and everything that he showed all year at Santa Clara. Um, R- Rucker was on him pretty early last year, and it's looking like a good one. I mean, he's just a really smart basketball player who can – do pretty much whatever you ask him to on either end of the floor. Yeah, I would, um, I would say, wow. And I appreciate Metcalf giving me some credit for once, but um, I, I, I think this is what Jalen, <laughs> you saw this at Santa Clara and, and I thought he needed to go to the right place to showcase this early on. And when the thunder were aggressive and drafted him where they did, I was like, Oh boy, Presty, you animal. Like, I was just like, this is, a great spot for him because we've talked about this before. Um, they're just so good at developing guys and the thunder are great because they have a rare opportunity for young talent and which is playing time. They want guys to learn while getting reps and experience. And that's a really rare thing for a lot of NBA teams. Like a, a lot of teams want to win. They have to win right away because they want to keep their jobs. And I think that's, what's so special about OKC is they're building something. So they're like, let's, let's teach these young guys. Let's get them playing time and learn through growing pains. And Jalen summer league was just outstanding. And from what I've seen briefly in the preseason, like it just looks like the confidence is rolling and he's going to be a great piece. Um, And and I do think there's even more to his game that's going to grow and blossom. But I I think that's going to be a real special piece for the Thunder moving forward. I love his game. I think he can just do a lot of roles and a lot of things on the court. 
Yeah, for sure, man. And, you know, it was interesting in summer league, you know, we saw him thrive playing more off ball, like being a cutter, being a slasher, like finishing strong at the rim, a little bit of shooting here and there. But uh, in the preseason, he's been our de facto backup point guard uh, for every game except for uh, this past game when whenever he started at the wing. So, uh, yeah, the versatility on both ends of the ball, like it's it's crazy. So, yeah, love what we're seeing out of out of Jalen Williams. So. Now we got to go to my guy, my one, one of my favorite players on the team right now, Uzman Jang, hashtag Jang Gang, baby. Uh, we'll start with Rucker. Rucker, how are you feeling about him? You know, I, I know he's been showing some good flashes in the preseason. I, I love the timeline because I feel like Thunder fans just keep me in the loop um, whenever I'm on Twitter. So I know he's been showing some flashes, but um, I, I think this is going to be a, a real good year for him and and you're going to have your your peaks and valleys with Jang because he's going to be raw. Me and Metcalf have talked about this on the No Ceilings pod. We thought the the rookie year might be a little bit of a struggle for him, but it wasn't in a bad way. It was just like he needs time to adjust to the the speed of the game because there's so much talent. Um, you know, from, from last year, I remember first half of the year, Metcalf, we couldn't even – project him to get drafted and then all of a sudden he was the worst watch in the class (laughs) and then the light switch came on and it was like whoa 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 who's this guy where's the stunt double that we've been watching the first half of the season but um another another guy that i thought landed in a perfect spot um because like i just said you know playing time and reps and he might be a guy that plays for the blue that we've all talked about before, like how good of a job the blue do with their developmental, you know, system and, and staff. Um, but I'm really excited to see him continue to grow. Cause I think he had a, a play tonight. I saw against Detroit where I was like, okay, who's wrong? Like, there we go, bud. There's some confidence rolling, but. Uh, he went full cook mode in, the, in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> he scored, scored all of his points in the fourth quarter, taking Ivy off the dribble. Uh, ISO and Jalen Duran for a three. Like, he was cooking tonight. Uh, Mike, yeah, really, about you, man? Yeah, and that, that, that's exactly what you want to see from him, though, is just these flashes because, I'm based on his year last year, it was a really, 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 really rough start to the season. And then he kind of mm-hmm. started to figure things out and it slowly came along. And, you know, he still ended up as a lottery pick because of it. So and a lot of this is kind of based on my expectations for him this year being so low, but it doesn't affect, you know, I still think long term he's going to be a really good basketball player. So from this year, I think all as long as you're getting those occasional flashes that kind of start being pieced together a little more here and there, I, I think that's exactly what you want from him because it's going to be a learning process. And if I think if expectations are that you're going to get this really dynamic wing all season producing at a high level, you're going to be disappointed. But if you're viewing it as a long-term developmental project and looking for the steps that he's taking throughout the season, I think there's going to be a lot with him to get really excited about on both ends of the floor. I really, I really enjoy what the Thunder are doing with Jane currently. Like, you know, in these these first five of preseason games, basically what they do is the first three quarters of the game, they use them as a role player. You know, they say go out mm-hmm. there, defend. You know, go out there, play on the wing. You know, receive passes. The last quarter, especially at the like the last six minutes of every fourth quarter that I've seen, um, it's basically it's basically G League Jane. So it's basically, hey, you have the ball, you go ahead and create, you go ahead and be the de facto point guard, the de facto man out there on the floor. And I love what they're doing with him. I love, you know, I do think he's going to spend some time with the blue, 
But I do think that when he is with the blue, they're going to focus in on those, what he's doing in those last six minutes of the fourth quarter. When he's with the team, I think they're going to focus in on, hey, you're a role player now. Go out there, defend, go out there in the corners, shoot threes, you know, grab rebounds, and just, you know, fill in the gaps that need to be filled in. But I, I really, I really like what I'm seeing as far as how they're handling his development. And that's exactly what you want from them, too, because they're giving him the bulk of the minutes and the role that he's most likely to fill when he is with the Thunder as that off-ball guy, as that role player who's kind of connecting everyone on both ends of the floor. But then they're also kind of letting him experiment and learn through failure and try different things and try and see, oh, wait, how quickly can we actually get to this upside that, you know, a lot of people think he has. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. I love that approach. And it's something that, I feel like we don't always see a ton of teams do at least out front, like obviously behind doors or in the G league, they do it. Um, but, you know, getting those live reps again in the preseason against actual guys who are going to be on NBA rosters. I, I think that's really important. Yeah. And the, the thing that like sticks out to me with Usman Jang, like all, all the offensive sparks that we've seen, like, you know, him, creating off the ball, creating for himself and his teammates. Uh, and, you know, what we've seen him shooting the ball here recently, you know, working with Chip England, like, hey, give me some more of that Usman Jang. But defensively, dude, that man is a demon on defense. Like, and he's six foot ten. He's long as heck. He's got huge broad shoulders and a frame to fill out. Like, he's going to be a problem. And Metcalf, like, you, you were one of the first to point out Boisman Jang's defensive potential in that article you wrote. So, I mean, you know, do you have anything to add about his defense or? It was a, a lot of it is just getting comfortable with the speed and physicality of the play. And that's what I saw last year with him, where so much of it, he was just terrified to get beat off the dribble. So when he flipped his hips, he immediately retreated straight back to the rim and was kind of afraid of contact and that just left him vulnerable mm -hmm. to pull-ups all over the place but then as he started kind of figuring out the speed of the game and just the physicality that he had to play with that's when he started you know cutting off drives and bodying guys and you know hitting them with the with his chest and get it using his length and strength and just physicality and athleticism in a much more positive fashion so that's the kind of stuff where it's like okay you're figuring out how your body works and the speed that you need to move and react at. And now you're able to figure out how to be a positive player on that end. Because if you can do that early as a young player, that's a much easier way to get minutes than being this dynamic scorer, because every team has guys who can get 20 if they want to, but so few have young versatile wings who can defend nearly every position. Yeah. And, and that's something that definitely sticks out with Mark Dagnall. Um, if you if you want to get out on the court, play some defense. And I think Guzman James is going to get a lot of playing time this year when, when he's on the team, when he's not on the blue. But um, we'll kind of go back and forth. I'll alternate between you for these next few because I really wanted to highlight those because those were our other two lottery picks uh, in this draft that, you know, we all covered together kind of. So um, first I'm going to start with Metcalf's favorite player in this draft class, uh, the other Jalen Williams. <laughs> Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was hoping this would go this way. Sorry. <laughs> uh, what 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 are your thoughts on uh, Jalen Williams' play so far, Metcalf? He's fine. I don't know. I just, he's just I, okay. I, I, I I'm yeah, just just okay. And so he he's a really. I really wish he would have come back or gone back to Arkansas mm -hmm. for another year. I think he would have been almost a surefire first round pick. Um, 
I mean, he, he's a really smart player and I just wish that he would do that in ways that aren't just falling over all the time. Um, and in the NBA, he won't get away with it at quite as much. So, so far. Okay. I think he's, I'm, I'm really interested to see just how like how the shot with him continues to develop because the basketball mm-hmm. IQ on both ends of the floor is there. You see it with his defensive rotations. You see it with his playmaking out of the short roll. There's legitimate two-way skill there. It's just, what is the actual ceiling for him? And then, unfortunately, like so many players, it's going to be capped by what does the shot turn into. Yep, absolutely fair. All right, let's transition to the next, uh, this past class, uh, Rucker. Let's go to Josh Giddy. I Yeah, I mean, what do you want to uh, – we could talk for three hours about Josh Giddy. <laughs> I absolutely love Josh Giddy. Um, I don't know. I, I couldn't be more excited to watch Giddy this year. I think he's quickly entering the territory as, you know, must-watch TV. Or He's becoming one of the most exciting players to watch in this league um, because, you know, I always joke and I always say, like, Nicole Jokic, I, I always feel like every time you watch a Nuggets game, he's going to make you laugh out loud. It's like a pass he makes. And I feel like Giddy's entering that territory where like he makes some decisions every game that I'm like, oh my gosh, this dude is awesome. And um, it, I think it's a big year for him because we know how good SGA is. Um, obviously, I wanted to see Chet with these guys, but Giddy, I think, is trending in the right direction quickly. And I think this could be a real big year for that backcourt. Um, they got a lot of pieces around them. And I, and I just think Giddy, if he can take that next step and then you get Chet coming back next year, and I know I'm talking down the road, but adding another pick, um, that's a high selection maybe. And I'm not rooting for the Thunder to lose. I'm just saying they got 48. So somebody else could be up there. Um, they got a lot of stuff going in the right direction. And I think this team has a, a rare opportunity this year where a lot of those pieces, including Giddy get another year of developing and all of a sudden they could really hit the ground running. And I'm not saying it's out of the question that the thunder overachieved this year, but if that's going to happen, Giddy needs to take that next step. And I think he can, um, cause he's just special, special, special talent. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, if his, if his shooting, is what what he was doing uh you know in the preseason thus far with his work with chip england then he he's gonna reach that point uh much quicker than we thought so metcalf you know, i had to pick on you and say that i gave you your favorite player in the last draft class but i'm actually giving you one of your favorite players in this past draft class and trey man i have irrational love for trey man <laughs> i think i'm a bigger fan of trey man than trey man's mother is um <laughs> that he he's going to be such a dynamic offensive player. Maybe not this year, but sooner rather than later. I mean, the the space creation, seeing that translate directly from Florida into the NBA, is mm-hmm. exactly what you want from him. Um, I still think he runs a really fun two man pick and roll game. Um, he hasn't had the most dynamic role partners to work with with the the with the Thunder in his first couple of years. Um, I. That's one of my bigger bummers that Chet isn't there. I think they would have ran a really fun two-man game this year. But I, I my expectations and hopes with uh, Trey Mann that for this year and going into the future are are still just extraordinarily high. Yep. Um, what do you think about him uh, adding bulk, man? I don't know if you've seen him recently. He's ripped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it kind of goes back to like um, – 
during his pre-draft workouts when he had that video where he basically dunked from the free throw line and everyone mm-hmm. was just like where why you didn't dunk once at Florida <laughs> where the hell did this come from and now he's bulking up he's like oh my god it's like it, it's astounding I, I think he's going to maybe not this year again but a year from now it wouldn't surprise me if he's a 20 point per game score it's just every time I watch him I feel like there's a new like the, how low he gets to the ground like on step backs and stuff yeah. it's like i don't understand how his body's able to do that it's so quick like just the level at which he's already able to create space like every time i watch him all i'm thinking is like if these shots just start falling consistently because he gets open almost every time or gets a good look like you said if they fall consistently then there really is like you know some people in like thunder fandom have been like oh like maybe he's our six man of the future but i feel like that's kind of putting a like low ceiling on him if he continues to do what he's doing now. Yeah. And his flexibility and the amount of like force that he generates with that front plant foot is absurd. And it's stuff that we see from guys who are like 25, 26, 27, once they've really physically matured and figured out how to take care of their bodies. And he's been doing this since a sophomore, his sophomore year in college. And it, it's just, it's such a special skill set. And once he, you know, finds that consistency with it and how to create, you know, buckets, it's it's going to be scary. Yeah. And Rucker, uh, with respect to JRE and Wiggins, I'm going to skip to Poku so we can move into the actual uh, scouting portion of the of the thing. So Alexa Pokoshevsky, Tower Rucker. How you feeling about him? I don't know if you got to see him any in the preseason, but he looks a lot better. Oh boy! Okay, how do I be <laughs> friendly on this podcast? <laughs> I, 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 I'm rooting for Poku. Um, it's a big year for him. Um, turn the <laughs> uh, it, it. I just think that the the look, height... look up look, look up nice words. Look I'm trying. I'm, I got a thesaurus in front of me. No. Um, Here's the thing with Poku. It's never that I didn't like the player of Poku. I didn't like the overhype machine of Poku because I think he was going to be this guy that took a real long time. I thought it was unfair Mm -hmm. for a lot of people to think he was going to be this next unicorn. I was like, this dude's going to need some time from the the level of play overseas he came from and do adjusting. And I'm rooting for him. Um, He he sounded like he gained some good weight in the offseason, which is a welcome sign. And it's just one of those guys, he's got the talent. I just think he needs to have the game slow down a little bit. And another great guy that landed in the right place that's going to let him, you know, learn through growing pains. And he's had some, like, let's let's not hide from it. But this is a big yeah. year for him. Uh, absolutely. Especially they have, now you have all these pieces and this talent around. So if, if he's not taking that step forward, they got other guys that are going to be ready to go. And, mm-hmm. um you know, I, I, I don't want to rag on anyone, but I, I'm rooting for Poku. I just have my doubts still, but we'll see. Metcalf's a huge Poku guy. If you guys <laughs> I, I was higher on him than you were. Were you really? I, 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 I sat on that fence and had him at like 16 in that draft because I had no idea what to okay. do with him. Metcalf's old big board rankings, like whenever oh. I get – like there, there, there's about one them. draft that was oh really my bad. Gosh. They're <laughs> unbelievable. There's, there's one that was really bad, but we don't I need to talk about that. that. That's in the past. Stop living in the past, Rucker. We're, we're <laughs> looking towards the future. When you revealed those on air, I feel like I almost had a stroke. So, Didn't you have Franz go. in like the 20s? 
Stop mm, it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We don't need to bring up old I guess stuff. We're moving on. <laughs> but tough. All right. Well, hey, um, we'll, we'll we'll save the the the, the other questions in the Thunder Talk. We'll, we'll save it to them. We'll transition to the end. Let's get into the moment everybody's kind of been waiting for the you know the elephant in the room that everybody you know wants to talk about when it comes to the draft this year, and that's Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson. And uh, you know this segment I just called Wet Ruck Cook. Let Rucker cook. Uh, Tyler Rucker, man, you were privileged enough to go to Las Vegas and get to witness Victor Wimbanyama play against Scoot Henderson's team. Uh, just talk about it, man. Yeah, I mean, uh, Metcalf was watching like a possessed demon too on, on TV, so you, you can hammer him with some questions too. But seeing Victor in person, um, good Lord. Uh, he, he is humongous. Um, very lengthy. Very agile just like the fluidity he has even in warm-ups and how detail oriented he is when it comes to his preparation before games it just kind of blew me away and gave me a lot of chet holmgren vibes which uh, was someone i got to see last year with with albert who came uh to go see victor with me this year mm-hmm. but we kind of just talked about the similarities where it just really shocks you when you see someone that lengthy and that fluid and um, I had a lot of questions about Victor, a lot of hesitations. Me and Metcalf have talked about it on the, on the no ceilings pod. And that's kind of why I wanted to go scout him in person, because I was just like, I don't know if this is that generational guy that everyone's talking about. And it did not take long into that first game for me to go, Oh my <laughs> goodness. <laughs> like, and it's, it's just funny because, you know, the seats were filled with NBA execs. I joked. I think I actually was standing in front of Presti's view before the warmups once. I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, Sam. I'm blocking you. Um, but, you know, all the execs in the stands were like laughing at some point. They're just like, this is ridiculous. And, and Scoot was just as impressive. Um, stocky. Scoot's going to be a, a ball of muscle to deal with. I mean, he's going to be a problem too. So this draft's going to be special. If me and Metcalf were talking the other day. I was like, I don't know if there's a loser if you get a top two pick. I mean, I know everyone wants Victor, but Scoot is going to be something special too. Yeah, for sure. And now Metcalf, you know, obviously like you, you wasn't there at the game, but I know you guys were um, covering the game on playback and uh, hand up. I fell asleep. I, I crashed old, old man energy over here. So I, I didn't get to participate in that. You but... fell asleep. That's never happened before. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. <laughs> Shocker. Um, but um, I, I listened to your all's podcast and you actually talked about how um, you had scoot number one Metcalf and Rucker had Wimby number one. And then after the game, you actually moved Wimby number one and Rucker moved scoot number one. So uh, what, what, what did you see? Um, I, well, go, go ahead and talk about Wimby. What, what did you see at Wimby that made you want to move him ahead of Scoot? Just he, he answered every single question that I had that, 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 that I had poised uh, about his game up to that point. And he did it immediately. And it's <laughs> almost like he went through a checklist and it was like, okay, well, no, you're wrong about me there and there and there. And here's that. And that is like, oh my God, you're just doing all of it. So it might my kind of change of heart had nothing to do with like the actual numbers. I know the numbers were absurd. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the best he has ever shot ever. I don't yeah. expect him to shoot 60% from three on movement and range and on pull-ups um, for the entirety of his career. So I, I do think from just a pure shooting standpoint, I think that week was the outlier, but 
I never really had any concerns over his jumper. It was what he did going to the rim and the fact that he just never did it. Everything was always rushed. It was one dribble and shoot. It was a lazy rip through trying to bait a foul or a post fadeaway. And that week he showed, you know, actually breaking guys down in isolation. He finished through contact going to the rim. He was, you know, combining multiple post moves. It was all of the stuff that he had never shown up to that point, And he was doing it throughout the entire game. And the fact that it was, okay, no, he knows that, or he can do all of this. This doesn't feel like a flash in the pan. All of these moves and variety of shots feel like something that he's practiced and have has really ingrained into his game. It didn't feel fluky. It was like, okay, no, you were just kind of maybe going through the steps up until this game, mm-hmm. maybe to protect his body, to make sure he was healthy. So he could really show out in front of the NBA execs, but he showed everything in his arsenal. And it was the exact counter to all of the questions that I had poised to him. Love it, man. That's, I mean, that's great insight. And you know, I got to go to Rucker here because, you know, Rucker was the guy that got to see it. He got to see the freak and he was like, you know what? I'm going to move Scoot number one. Rucker, what did you see out of Scoot that made you want to move him ahead of Wimby? Oh, no, no, no. So here, here's what, here's what happened. Mech oh, no, 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 okay. me up on okay. this. Okay. Um, so <laughs> I'm I, had Wim- I'm sorry. No, I had Wimby one going into Vegas. Mm-hmm. Mech have had him uh, Scoot one. And after the first game, I was so impressed with Scoot that I texted Metcalf that night. And I said, you might not be alone. I might be moving Scoot up to number, ah, number one. And then I went back and I watched because the first day I didn't get to see Victor warm up entirely by himself. Mm-hmm. So the second game I got to watch Victor warm up entirely. And ah, I was just yeah. absolutely floored about how serious, how locked in, like everything he was working on was an area that me and Metcalf had talked about. Like those are his weaknesses. And he was literally working on every single thing. I was like, cause we were like, okay, his post-up game, like it's just all over the place. He hammered his post-up game and warmups face-up game. I was like, I just wish he had a little bit more face up, like his footwork. Like if he just had that elbow jumper, it was, he was obsessed with it and and pregame. And then it was just, everything was just like a, a robot. Um, I always said when I when I worked um, for the Warriors, like I got to watch guys before games, and Kawhi Leonard was always the most impressive player preparing for a game because everything was landing in the same spot. His footwork was just ridiculous. Victor was just obsessed with like breaking down specific footwork to to improve his game, and then it translated into the game and. That's when I texted Metcalf, I think, after the second game. I was like, never mind. I was, just like, <laughs> I was like, Victor. And and at that game, I wasn't, like, trying to obsess with his stats. I was just like, the shots he's hitting is what I haven't seen in this preseason. Mm-hmm. I, and you didn't see a lot of it last year. It was just – he was NBA jam mode. And, and it was more of like a – he was confident. It was what he was working on before the game. And it translated over. And that's – and you could see someone's that serious and – has the work ethic and mentality you want. That's where it's like, okay, this is, this is someone special. When are you warming up with uh, like hand-eye coordination with like some, like the tennis balls? Yeah. So, I mean, he, he was, he like started the whole process with like a really intense stretch, like almost yoga status. Like it was hurting my knees watching. And then he gets these tennis balls out. He's juggling, he's doing hand-eye coordination 
puts his shoes on, finally gets like on the court to start doing stuff. And it's, you know, two feet around the rim, like around the, around the world, both hands, form shooting. It was just slowly and methodical and, mm. and stretched out. And I was just like, it's a technician who's really wanting to get better. And I thought I was going to be the complete opposite. I thought I was going to be a guy that just knew he was the guy. He was that good, but you can tell he wants to be great. And from everything I've heard talking to people, um, that's the type of character he has. That's the type of kid he is. Yep, for sure, man. Well, I apologize for the slander and misinformation. I misunderstood. No, it's okay. It's okay. It's fine because I do like Scoot, so it's yeah. all right. Don't worry about it. <clears throat> Classic Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Always stirring crap up. So, but, uh, so hold on. So, before we move on, so of course, you know, number one, Wemby, number two, Scoot. Of course, we got Miller number three, correct? Sorry, who? I didn't hear you. Cut out. <laughs> yeah. It was the perfect cutout. <laughs> what was it? What was it? Leonard Miller. Leonard Miller number oh. three, right? Oh. Hey, guys, it's been great. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> Alex is in Leonard Miller truth. Oh, man. Alex, no, hey, God, Alex. God gave you a chance there to say someone different after he <laughs> made cut out for a second. He did. I and you still Steve, tried again. Steve, oh, you fat. I didn't say Steve, oh, you fat, but... On podcasts, you usually don't get a second chance. <laughs> that was your one. Where, and the fact is you're in the dark, too, so people watching couldn't even see your lips to see like, it. You got the perfect oh, recipe. Was, you gave it up, man. That was an all-time moment. Um, no. That was not. Yeah, that was <laughs> short answer. No. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Great guy. Not third. But, he didn't right. show me much. He didn't show me much. I know. So, Steve, yeah. Steve, Steve Hoey's fat, though. Like, that's the guy. <laughs> All-time name. All-time name. But uh, let's go back to Metcalf. Metcalf, uh, you know, we talked about Wimby. Obviously, like, Wimby is the guy that everybody wants because not only is he this generational prospect that can do all these things with the ball in his hands, can do all these things defensively, but just, like, his freakish, like, length and his height mm-hmm. and all that. But Scoot, who is literally the antithesis of that, like what is he? He's six foot three. I think they had him listed at six four, but I think that's generous. I think he's closer to six two, six three. Okay, yeah. So you know, antithesis of that in terms of like you know height and length, but you know, still like a can't miss number two prospect. What did you What did you see out of him that impressed you? Yeah. So my my change in rankings had nothing to do with Scoot. I I still <clears throat> I I actually feel better about him than I did co- going into that week. Mm. Um. And in a vacuum, if you just compare the two as just basketball players, I don't think there's a whole lot of difference. I think Scoot is that good. But then obviously when you factor in the size, that's where it really kind of changes things. Um, What I loved so much about Scoot in those games was, or I guess that game, because he got hurt in the second one, Mm -hmm. he came out in that first half just determined to take over the scoring. And he was going to finish at the rim in the mid-range from three. He hit a step back over Victor. Um, the shot was a big question mark with him and it looked better. I th- still think there's a lot of work that he's got to do with it, but it looked a little more comfortable, a little more consistent, especially from outside. Um, I thought the mid range still looked really good. I thought that looked pretty solid last year. It looked a little even more effortless, uh, this year. Um, but his just understanding of angles is absurd for someone his age. And that's, you know, 
the at rim finishing angles where he's using the rim to protect um, from Victor uh, that inside scoop layup that he had on Victor after he snaked through the lane, um, his understanding of angles with his playmaking and setting guys up and creating out of the pick and roll or making the easy kickout passes or making the complex kickout passes. He just knows where everyone is on the court at all times and exactly how to counter it and the athleticism and strength come into play, but so much of how he succeeds is mental. And I feel like we don't always get that, especially from guys with his athleticism at his age. And he doesn't rely on his athleticism. He uses it in in an effective manner, but Mm -hmm. it's his mind that's always at work and always dissecting every level and layer of the floor. And then in the second half of that game, he came out as a floor general. He saw a couple guys who were hot from, three and made it the priority to get them easy shots. And he did it. And that's how they kind of sustained their lead. So the fact that he was playing on ball, off ball, scoring, creating for others, playing really, really high level defense. He showed me everything I want from a franchise cornerstone. I love it, man. Uh, Rucker, what? Oh, go ahead. Out. No, I'm just going to say, hey, it's been, it's been real. Head. I got to head out. Thank you, guys. Thank you, man. Have a good night. Hi, man. Uh, Rucker, man, you know, being there live, uh, what popped for you with Scoot? A lot. Um, <laughs> I, I, he was – I, I No, I just said it to Metcalf. I said, you know, he impressed me just as much as Victor. Um, his, his athleticism is definitely eye-opening, um, but – the, the change of gears and how he understands now patience and how to play with feel. Um, he's doing stuff that, you know, guys in the NBA that are young guards are still struggling to figure out and he's doing it. He just turned 18 earlier this year. So I think that comes with why he played in, with the ignite last year. Mm-hmm. He got those reps and you're seeing the games really slowing down and um the most impressive thing I thought was that he played different roles throughout that game. And I'm sorry if I repeat what Metcalf says, it just feel like me and him can't stop talking about this, but Scoot could have had 40 if he wanted to, he understood the flow of the game and understood he didn't have to. So he, when he started hitting those shots and and really taking over in the first half, then he realized he's going to make the defense collapse. And he had a couple kickouts that were just absolutely gorgeous where it was just the timing of waiting to the last second in which he has three guys trying to block a shot. And it's just a wide open kick to the corner. No one's 10 feet within the next, you know, shooter. So it's just a maturity, which is really rare for guys that young because they know they're the guy, they know how talented they are, but it shows the willingness to make your teammates better. And that's what scoot does. And that's, what impressed me the most, because I think Metcalf, you even texted me during the second game. You're like, it's interesting how the igniter playing with scoot out now, like it was just all over the place. (laughs) And, and in a weird way, that was like a a big thing for scoot. Like a big plus is like, Mm -hmm. Hey, look, he he's not playing, but everyone's all over the place now. And I think that showed you how much better scoot made everything, how controlled he was. And, yeah, when he when he hits the afterburners in person and and transition, like it's like oh my gosh, like he is just an absolute blur. So um, he's gonna get plenty of Russell Westbrook comparisons, but um, and and they're well deserved just because that's the same type of player they are. But I still I still think Scoot, you know, 
from the passes he made, some of the tight windows and stuff, it was unbelievable. And I'm not saying Westbrook was a bad pl- playmaker, but Scoot's got special, special upside. Yeah, I was like, remember remember what kind of podcast you're on now, man? <laughs> no, that's why I brought him up. I was a big bro. Back track, back track. You just got to get out of that Lakers jersey. Favorite fan base. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, it, it's just he, he's he got special to I really do think whoever gets the top two pick, like Scoot, that dude is a machine. I, I was just floored by how good he looked and how mature he looks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, what you said is important because, like, you know, people get lost in the just the one-on-one matchup between Scoot and Wimby, even though, like, you know, they, they really weren't guarding each other that much of the game. They could play completely different positions, but, like, there was a basketball game being played, and Scoot was making winning plays, and his team was the one that came out on top and won. And the other thing that really stood out with me on Scoot, like, you know, from seeing his tape from last year, uh, the explosiveness in the passing obviously like was the given, but like the creativity with his dribble is insane. Like yeah. he was, he was doing some things to that basketball that like legitimately made my jaw drop. And his, his, uh, his off the ball stuff in that first <clears throat> game, Metcalf, mm-hmm. you pointed that out to me. And I was like, yes, like it, it's funny. Cause stuff I saw in person, then you go back and you watch the tape again. And I was like, man, he looked even faster on tape sometimes. It's just crazy. Like, but off the ball, he's so shifty now. And it's the understanding of the angles. And that's what me and Ty kept talking about. It's just like you could see things are slowing down. He understands now the timing. And you know, if he if he takes an half a step more this way, it creates a better driving lane. It's just that first year, I think you saw he had some tough misses where it was just the finish was just off and he just needed that timing to get down. Now it's getting down and he's just getting scary. Yep, absolutely, man. Well, you know, I mean, we could we could do a two-hour podcast. I'm just going to be in scoot. <laughs> oh, but yeah. this is a loaded draft class. Like, this is what I've tried to tell everybody. Like, I could I could name 14 prospects off the top of my head, and I'm not as into it as you guys are. And I would be thrilled with any of them. And, like, that's just the lottery. Like, this is a super deep draft class. So, um, <clears throat> aside from Wimby and Scoot, uh, who are some prospects? And, and you know, because these guys aren't in college. Like, you know, one's in G League and one's in the overseas pro team. Um, <clears throat> who are some of the top prospects in college this season that Thunder fans should be keeping their eyes on? I adore Jairus Walker from Houston. Um, <laughs> oh, boy. He's good. Yeah. Uh, so he currently listed 6'8", 236. He was basically a point center at IMG uh, as a senior, but versatile defender, good rim protector, really skilled with the ball, smart passer, uh, physical scorer. The shot looks a little funky, but it went in a lot more than you would think. Um, so I, you know, just a couple minor tweaks. Chip England will get that figured out in a month yes. and, and he'll be, Love you know, shoot, and, he'll, and he'll be shooting 38% from three by the end of his rookie year. So um, I, I love, love, love Jairus Walker's game. Yeah. I don't, I don't enjoy pro comparisons, but I think there'll, it'll be eventual amount of time before someone throws a Scotty Barnes comparison to Jairus Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, his playmaking is absurd. Uh, it, it's sort of even like some, Defensive rebounds, look up the floor, hits a guy complete in stride from, you know, under the basket for a transition layup. He's just, he's a machine and he's going to the right school to really unlock his game. Now, if his, his shot's got to 
take a step in the right direction. But if it does, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a top, you know, seven guy. Um, I think some people are already starting to get on that hype train and, you know, they showed some preseason workouts of him out of Houston. He looks big as shit. <laughs> he's just, <laughs> he looks huge. So I was like, Oh boy, he's going to be a machine this year. But, um, Jarris is a guy I really like Metcalf. I know you got somebody else. Come on. I, and I, no, I, I just can't. assumed you're going to go with Cam Whitmore. Yeah. I love Cam Whitmore. <laughs> um, Cam Whitmore could be a, I think he could be the, he should be the third pick. I know there's a lot of Eamon Thompson fans out there. I understand why, but mm-hmm. Whitmore is a, um, he's like Freddy Krueger when he's driving the lane. Like he just tries to dunk people into a dark dimension. Like, and he's got power. He's got nastiness. He lights up when he's got a, a clear driving lane. And I think that outside shots really develop. And so Whitmore is a guy I would, keep an eye on he's going to villanova about mm-hmm. six eight but thick and if that versatility offensively takes a step he's he is a problem yeah whitmore is a name that you know a, a lot of thunder fans are throwing out there um, you know they've they've pretty much resigned to the fact we're not getting Wimby or scoot and so like you know if we can get whitmore if we get like a true wing to add to this team like that would be that would be awesome. So yeah, that's definitely a name that, that they like. But uh, who's a couple more? If I was if I was depressed, you'd ask for like I don't know two more each. Well, hey, let me throw a little wrinkle. Let, let, let okay. me ask you guys, what do you want for the Thunder? Yeah. And me and Metcalf will try to figure out who that guy is because I, I feel like we need to throw this, something at you guys because you guys are smart too. We need to kind of mix <laughs> this up. Um. Yeah. I mean. For me, I feel like, you know, having Shea, Giddy, like you kind of have guards figured out. Uh, obviously, in the NBA, especially when you're a team that's rebuilding, you got to draft best player available, not necessarily for fit. But I think right now the big thing is figuring out that four spot. Um, you know, Uzman Jang's look pretty good. Maybe years down the line, he could find a way to fill that spot. Uh, Baisley, that experiment, I'm not, I'm not really into the whole Baisley experiment at this point anymore. Um <laughs> You know, maybe Poku makes that all-NBA MVP jump that we've all been waiting on. Um, and Any day now. he fits that spot. Oh, it's, it's he's like at least like three days away. He's almost there. Um, but yeah, I just, I think really that four spot is kind of what we're looking for. Um, Cam Whitmore is also a guy that I like a lot. He's one of the guys that I've kind of looked into a good bit. Because yeah, I'm starting to get, maybe, once again, you know, preseason doesn't really mean much. But I've convinced myself that the Thunder aren't going to be awful this year. Um, and especially when you have a team like the Spurs, like you've got the Jazz, who are probably going to blow it up more. Scoot and Victor might be out of the question by the end of things. Um, so, yeah, I think that four spot is really kind of what we're looking for. Uh, someone that can just play off ball, be uh, a guy that can fit next to Shane Giddy, who both kind of need the ball a bit more and fit well next to Chet as the five. Yeah, and kind of adding to that, like, you know, obviously four, but like I'd, I'd even go to three. Like, I just think, I mean, just take away the numbers. Like, I think we need a two-way wing, a guy that can, you know, do things on both sides of the ball could potentially be a defensive stopper as defensive versatility, um, but can also, you know, create his own shot off the dribble. Like, you know, obviously we have Josh Giddy as a, as a phenomenal creator. We have Shea, who's one of the best drivers in the league. He demands a lot of gravity driving to the basket, but, um, you know, you look at like championship level teams, they have that two-way wing. You, know, you got a Jason Tatum, you got, Andrew Wiggins, which, you know, he doesn't have as much offense, but, like, defensively, he's a game changer. Like, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, like, you know, players like that. So, uh, yeah, I, I definitely think a wing is, like, the missing piece for this team. 
Metcalf, do you want to start? Uh, sure. Yeah. And so I'm based on your guys' description. I think, I think Walker and Whitmore would be my top two. Um, mm-hmm. I I'm a huge Derek Whitehead fan yes. uh, from yes. Duke six, seven, one ninety or 190 pound, uh, small forward, unfortunately starting the year with a foot injury, I think mm-hmm. his foot or knee. I don't know. I'm blanking. Uh, but the, the leaps he's made as a shooter over these past two seasons have been pretty astronomical. And at Montverde this last season, he was, he kind of played the role of volume scorer with a bit of, um, you know, just really high level on ball defense, fell asleep a little off ball. Um, and then some kind of flashes of really high level passing, but as a junior, when he was playing with Duran and Nemhard and Houston, uh, and Langston love, he was Man. more in that, um, he, he was more in that more of a role player where he was doing all the off ball work and playing good team defense and rotating and doing all the, the kind of stuff that you didn't see from him as a senior. So it kind of felt like as a senior, he took that step up into, all right, now I get to mess around and have a lot of fun with the ball and do, get to do the fun stuff because I just went through the muck uh, that, you know, doesn't get any of the praise. Mm-hmm. So I think there's, a, a healthy mix of both of those roles there. And once he kind of finds that balance, I, I think he's going to be a really good player. He, he's currently number three for me on my board. Okay. You got Dariq that high? Yeah. Proud of you. No, Dariq, Dariq's definitely up there for me. I think I got him six. Um, the whole time you guys were talking, I just started dreaming of Chet and Jarris Walker playing yeah. together <laughs> next year. Yep. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. That's, that's um, perfect. It is really that perfect. Uh, we'll and, 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 Well, yeah. But Jarris is the – He's a Presti special of like a mock draft might have him going eighth and the Thunder are picking fifth. And mm-hmm. Presti's just like, nah, come down here. You're you're going to us. Take the guy. You it's want, just, right? Yeah, it's just go get your guy and it's potential. But um Whitehead would be up there for me. Um Metcalf loves this guy, but Dylan Mitchell also seems yep. like he would be a little bit of an interesting. But and the, the the big question mark with him is the shot. And the shot is the big one. He's got to show something. He would he'd be loot Dort 2.0, just kind of hair on fire, jumps out of the gym. Um, it's just the shot. I think like the extreme wild card I thought of was Brandon Miller. Yeah, I, I would take him over Mitchell. Yeah, we we love some Brandon Miller, but six nine, lengthy wing. Um, probably gonna have a big year for Alabama. He's got some offensive tools. Who, who was it? Was it Corey? Corey said he said, uh, I see some Paul George vibes. So there you go. Okay. But those are probably a couple of names I'm thinking of. Um, I feel like everyone talks about the Thompson twins, but I don't really see the Thunder going that route. Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> you know, you, you talk like with Dylan Mitchell, Mitchell, like, you know, the question is the shot. I would, like, I'm not saying it's a deal breaker because, you know, we do have, like, you know, one of the best shooting coaches in the game. We've seen, like, he's already made short work of some of these guys' shots with just, like, minor tweaks. But um, I would say, like, after the pain that we've had to suffer with just having, like, all these long, rangy defenders that can't shoot, I, I would I would say that it's up close to the yeah. top of the list. I would agree. Yeah, that, that that's what I figured. <laughs> yeah, so um, all right, I like that. Um, internationally, you know, last year, you know, you guys said like it was kind of like a weaker international class. Is is it more the same this year, or is there some guys that are gonna kind of you know step up uh, aside from Wimby, obviously? Yeah, uh, obviously Wimby kind of elevates that the whole class. Um, yeah, I, I 
Rucker's really high on one guy. Yeah, Nicola. Yeah. Jurisic. I can never say his last name right, but I can't That's say anyone's so last name you. right. Um, playing for Mega this year, six eight, little nasty, great feel. Um, that's my guy. I, I really, really like him. I think he's just one of those. I don't think he's going to end up being a top 10 pick, but I think someone get a heck of a basketball player. He's just very, uh, plays the game and move ahead. Kind of like a chess player. He's just got a good looking shot. He, he played against the overtime elite. He had some good games against them. Um, but I, I really like how he plays the game. Just good feel, good feet understands his strengths and um, I'm trying to think of some other guys Ryan Rupert playing for yeah. the NZ breakers another great probably good prospect um probably not what the thunder fans are looking for but <laughs> um lengthy lengthy wing defender needs to work on a shot so I've probably lost half of the fan base already so um it, it, it's not a weak class this year it's just kind of like a there's some upside swings. James Naji with Barcelona, mm-hmm. really raw big, but he's got some good tools. Um, who else am I forgetting? I'm you don't got to go too deep, line. man. It, yeah, you know, that's all I got off the top of my head. No, <laughs> I know. We'll have you guys back on to go deep, deep. Yeah, yeah. please do, because I can't believe I just rattled off three on uh, October 11th. I, it's it's just amazing. <laughs> that's what the No Ceilings guys have done to me already. Now, now remind me, uh, Nicola, what's, what's his name? No, like, don't do it to me. Uh, Jurisic. Jurisic. That one sounded better. It's with yeah. a D, so DJ. Mm-hmm. So, but, I remember um, uh, they played Wimby's team uh, early on, didn't they? I yeah. believe so. Um, I might be wrong. Sorry, guys. You know, I'm talking about a ton of guys lately. Mick have had me do a Big Ten pod tonight, and so that's where we're at. Um, Rocky Michigan hoodie, I see. Yeah, exactly. Go blue. Tell. Go blue. Um but no, I really like him. I think that's the one that, little bit of a wild card that I would keep an eye on. Um, really, really like his game. Okay. I like it. Uh, there's something about um, international basketball players named Nicola. Like, there's, yeah. There's some kind of correlation there. So uh, let's see here. Um, I, I, I kind of skipped this uh, when I jumped into the other prospects, but um, how, how do I see Wimby and or Scoot uh, fitting with the Thunder? How do you like their fit? I love it. Yeah, I mean, I love – the funny thing is I love both of them with any team. Yeah. Like, everyone's going to be like, oh, Victor fits any team. And I'm like, I-, I know the Thunder are probably not wanting to draft Scoot because they'll just have four awesome cards. But yeah. I think Scoot's good enough where it's like any team would want him. Um, I don't want that for Thunder fans because I don't want you guys to have to deal with that headache. But they're special. Um, mm-hmm. And Pressy's never afraid to jump over – you know, best player available regardless of position. Um, it would make the backcourt a little crowded, but obviously, you know, Wimby and Chet would pretty much cover the whole court by themselves. So I would love to see that pairing. All right. That is fair. Make if you got anything to add on that. No, I, the, the defensive issues that Chet and Victor would uh, present to other teams would just be an absolute nightmare. Um, and awesome. I really desperately want to see it. Uh, it would be so <laughs> weird and different and fun and chaotic. Um, and then I, I, I think Scoot is clearly the next best player. And if you have the number two pick, you take them and then you figure out the rest later. Mm-hmm. Um, probably someone would be on the move then. Uh, but 
I, I don't think it would be a, it, it might be one of those cases where it's better for everyone involved because I, I just, I think Scoot is that good of a player where he's a no brainer, number one pick in almost any other draft. Yeah. And you know, like I said, I, I listened to your podcast today uh, talking about the whole Wimbians and Scoot matchup. Um, and uh, Rucker, you actually had a, a interesting point about, uh, you That's know, <laughs> you mentioned Chet there um, a second ago, but uh, you said when you were walking out, you heard somebody say that oh uh, I take I take Wimby right now over Chet. Um, it, I, I would sound off on that. I, I was ready to fight him for the state of Oklahoma. <laughs> no, he he was just saying. It, I can't believe I'm gonna give him the attention. The guy was just saying like he's way better than Chet. Chet sucks compared to him, and I was just like. I think Albert even at the same time we were just like, excuse me, I just don't get what is like. That's the going to be the Chet's too skinny. Is now we're going to start with comparing those two, but um, just different players. And, and I even said on the show with Metcalf, I was like, I, I take Chet right now, and it, and it's as good as Wemby looked in person. Chet defensively is way more advanced yeah. than Wimanyama is right now. And I'm not saying Victor can't get to that point, but mm-hmm. Chet defensively is extremely intelligent, extremely aware, great anticipation, gifted defender. And and Victor's not there. Victor has the flashes yeah. with the shot blocking, but there's a lot more to defense than shot blocking. It's reading coverages and fundamentals and how to, you know, show on pick and rolls and be the low man, be, you know, all that fun stuff that Metcalf loves to obsess over all every night, but Victor's not there yet. So that's why I was like, Hey, Chet, you gotta be kidding me. (laughs) It's like, come on. Like, Oh man, I was, I was, I was hoping you brought that up because I was like, Oh gosh. I I, I had to get, I had to get some Chet propaganda in the pot here, man. So, um, call the right guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to put your feet to the fire a little bit. This wasn't in the dock, but you know, obviously Chet's missing this year. Um, and he'll be, you know, assuming he's healthy, he'll be playing next year. Uh, what what do you think his chances are of getting rookie of the year over guys like Wimby and Scoot? I'll bet it. Uh, for, from a value standpoint, I like it, but I don't think he'd be the favorite. Yeah, that's fair. I'll bet it. I'll, I'll say it right now on this pod. I'll bet. I'll bet Chet next year to win rookie of the year. I love it. That's a guarantee. I'll even eventually put up the ticket. So I'll remember <laughs> that. I'll put that on my phone. I'll be rooting with, with OKC fans all year. I like it. Taking a stand. We're clipping it. We're, we're holding you to it. It's <laughs> I'm happen. in. Let's go. Thunder <laughs> up. Let's do it. All right. Uh, let's see here. So in um, talking about college prospects, I'm, I'm ashamed if I brought up Case Moss or Chris Livingston. It's okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll move on. Um, what is uh, If I was to ask you guys for one bold prediction – uh, for the Thunder this year, um, just you know, it could be in a player they draft, it could be in somebody you know stepping up and you know, I, I guess, uh, taking a leap, so to speak. Uh, you know, it, it could be whatever you want it to be. Um, I'll go with Josh Giddy as an all star. Okay, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Cause like, I just met you, but I like, <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that one. Okay, that's good. I'll say uh, Jalen Williams, aka Santa. Um, yes, makes all ro- yes. all rookie all rookie team. I love it. I love Which one, it. first or second? 
You didn't. They didn't ask that, Metcalf. I'm asking. Um, uh, all rookie first or second team, please. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going through the class in my head. Coward. <laughs> Say it. I'll say first. Screw it. Say, you you just screw it. Jet rookie of the year next year. But no, no, I mean like because I, I think there's a world where that happens. We'll just say first. Why not? I like Friend it. Friend of the program. I got to do it. We respect yes. you. And uh, clipping the Santa too. Like I, I need all the Santa <laughs> propaganda I can get because as many people that think it's funny and are part are part of it, there's twice as many people that hate it. So I need it. <laughs> It's a long run. I love that though. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm I'm going down with the ship, man. We're gonna keep it going as long as we can. Um, let's see here. Um, so one bold prediction for this draft class. Um, I guess uh, I don't know what how, what I meant when I typed this. I guess uh, let's do this. So let's uh, let's just. Um, I don't know what I meant when I typed that. I'm sorry. I, I'm I'm gonna watch for words. So. I did that really quickly when I was at work, but um, okay. so we had some Twitter questions. Uh, obviously, when you guys come on, um, you know, all, all of our listeners have a lot of questions about the draft. Like, I mean, the Thunder fan base, especially these past couple of years, has been very engaged in the draft and learning as much as they can about prospects. And, you know, you guys are one of the best sources out there. So they're very engaged whenever you guys come on. So Cone is going to rifle through a couple of Twitter questions with you. Yeah, we answered a lot of them just over the course of this thing, because, of course, um, but basically just a couple to go through real quick. Um, someone asked kind of what's a more fun duo in your mind, uh, Scoot and SGA or Vic and Chet? And I know you both were kind of talking about how crazy Vic and Chet would be. So I've got a feeling, but like which duo do you think would be kind of more fun? Which one would you rather see? I, I, I have to go with. Victor and Chet, I just <laughs> unbelievable potential with those two. I mean, oh my gosh, the upside yeah. they would have is even like a high low game. Oh my, my lord! I mean, I'm drooling thinking about it. As much as SGA and Scoot would be a blast. Metcalf, go ahead. Yeah, no, just exact same answer. Just how much <laughs> they would clean up yeah. defensively. It wouldn't matter who else, who the other three guys you put on the court were. They could just <laughs> they, they they could be the worst defenders in the league, and I don't think it would matter. Yeah, imagine the pick and roll. I was I was just gonna say that, Dylan. Imagine the two of them doing a pick and roll. Like James Naismith would be like reawoken from the grave. Like, what is happening in the sport? What happened to my sport? <laughs> this is not how it's supposed to go. <laughs> um, and then just the other question that um a couple of people had was, uh, who's a couple like Thunder guys in this draft? Like, you know, Sam Presti kind of seems to just have these guys or he's like, you know, like, or you just like look at a draft class. You're like, yeah, that's a thunder guy. Um, who are a couple of names that you're like, yeah, they're just kind of an OKC guy. Um, so I, I, I really think Jairus Walker is one, just a combination of size and skill and IQ. Mm -hmm. um, he, he's, I, I, I'm sorry to keep going back to the same name, but he's the one that just really keeps standing out to me. Mm-hmm. Chris Livingston, maybe? Yes. Let's um, go. Um, that was pandering. Favorite of all time. The problem is, is I always think that there's a lot of guards or like, you know, that, that could be Presty guys. And, and then you start remembering how many guards they have. And I'm like, okay, maybe move. Metcalf, do you think Kaluma? I, I, I think Kaluma 
could. I'm I'm really high on him. Um, I, I think he's going to have a huge year and kind of that s- similar type of player as Walker, where uh, you know six seven power forward, really versatile offensively. Um, I, I I'm kind of guessing he's going to be a lottery pick, um, at least right now. Um, I, I kind of think Ray and Rupert. I I know he's but the 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 length, the defense. Um, I think the shot is coming along. I think I have a little more faith in it right now than Rucker does, but I, I think he might fit that mold as well. Ooh, I got, I think I got a good one. Uh, Julian Strother. Yeah, that might be a Presti special, even if it's like a, not the Thunder pick, but maybe a later pick, but uh, he's playing at Gonzaga, can shoot from outside. He needs the, I think he's going to have a really good year shooting from outside. He needs to get like above 40%, but he, he is a hustle player. He rebounds, he attacks the glass from the wing. Like he does a lot of really good stuff on the court. So it's one of those like Jeremiah Robinson Earls, like the Aaron Wiggins, mm-hmm. like those type of guys that I feel like he would be in that kind of mold of like, Hey, this is a really good piece on this roster that might not cost you a lottery pick, but um, you know, just adding another asset to that roster. I'm trying to, I wanted to say Tyrese Proctor also, but that's another guard. So another Australian to add yeah. to the fray. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, uh, Cohen, I know that was the end of the Twitter questions. Did you have any other questions that you wanted to ask the guys while we got them on here? Um. What do you all think of San as a nickname? You, you. I know you said it, but are you for? Would you say you're for it or against it? I, I, I'm indifferent because I only recognize one Jalen Williams. So, you know. Oh, that's fair. <laughs> the one that falls over while, you know. How dare you? How yeah. dare you? The friend yeah. of the pod, Jalen Williams. There's one and then the other one has fallen over out of view. So you can't exactly. see. Exactly. Oh. Okay. Where is I, – I, I thought it's just J-Dub. I, we're, are we trying to make something up or is this just because he went to Santa Clara? Dylan has on? this agenda because, yeah, Santa Clara. So he's like, oh, you know, Santa – I've just been saying J-Dub. Everyone I know has been saying J-Dub. I said it once. It made him really happy. So it, maybe It makes me happy it. anytime anybody says exactly. it. Exactly. No, it makes it, him smile. What it was was on draft night when we did our draft reaction podcast, you know, we kept saying Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams, Jalen Williams. I was like, all right, I'm going to call this one Santa because he went to Santa Clara and it's a funny nickname. And then, you know, it started picking up steam with uh, a couple other Thunder accounts. Um, you know, they thought it was funny. And then, you know, the pun started coming out. I was like, oh, Santa's deep in his bag tonight. Santa climbing up the ladder and coming down the chimney on that one. Santa said, give me those cookies. And it just, it, it became its own thing. So. There's going to be a photo around Christmas of J-Dub in a Santa hat, and it's going to be like your new profile photo for like I need it. I need it, man. I've, I've like, it sucks because our, uh, our main like graphic artists for our t-shirts, uh, shout out sub, uh, sublime, uh, Illis, Illis one is what his name is um, on Twitter, but he hates the Santa nickname. Like he's completely <laughs> against it. So he refuses to make any kind of Santa merchandise. And I'm just sitting there like, come on, man. Like just, just for me. <laughs> I even have a hashtag with it, hashtag believe in Santa. So yeah. <laughs> He's active on Twitter. Maybe you could ask him. He, I mean, he was he was talking. He tweeted someone I think like forty minutes before the game earlier because someone found an old Facebook picture of him where I think he looked like he was like twelve. And he's like, "How did you find this?" And, um, well, so, I mean, you could ask him. It's funny because Sub actually tweeted at him on my birthday and was like, "Hey, I think Santa should wish 
Thunder Chats a happy birthday and tagged him. And he said, whose birthday is it? And I was like, it's mine. I call you Santa. It's a joke. If it genuinely bothers you, I'll stop doing it. Like, <laughs> but you know, it's it's just it's just fun. It's a fun way to remember it and differentiate the names. And he never said nothing. So I'm like, all right, he's cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 the rules. As long as they don't respond again, exactly. they're cool with it. <laughs> Absolutely. So um uh, my last question is, you know, you kind of touched on Chris Livingston. Obviously, I'm a Kentucky fan. I, I gotta pander a little bit, really? man. So like, yeah, yes, we know Cohen. Okay. Okay. Hey, no. No, they're not talking about any Virginia prospects, Connor. So. Well, Ty Jerome's gone, so what am I supposed to do here, Dylan? <laughs> and DeAndre Hunter, yeah. So, um, But, yeah, so Case Wallace, Chris Livingston, just for those who are uh, desensitized to to those prospects, uh, you know, what, what's kind of your, like, snapshot of them? I, I think me and Metcalf are buying a lot of Chris Livingston stock. Metcalf, you got him high, don't you? Uh, I have him 14. Yeah, I got him 19. Um want to move him up. I, I really like how he plays the game of basketball. I, I think he's going to be one of those pieces that um, even if he doesn't put up a bunch of, you know, he might not put up 20 a game this year, but he might be a really important piece that scouts fall in love with. I, I like how he plays the game. I think he's really smart. Wallace. I just, I love how he plays defense. I mean, he is nasty mm-hmm. and yeah. I joked with Metcalf. I was like, Kentucky always gives me headaches every year to evaluate. And I was like, this is the first year I'm really excited to watch Kentucky as like an evaluator. <laughs> I was just like, I love the team that they kind of got. Um, I saw the Oscar Sheway news today. So bummer, but mm-hmm. um, Livingston and Wallace, I'm really, really excited to see what they can do. Yeah. You think uh, Toppin or Collins has an outside shot to make some noise in the second round? Something like that. Corey's really high on top and um, I, I need to watch some more. I've been intrigued with the flashes. Metcalf, you got anything on those guys? Um, I, I just want to see some more consistency from them. I know their mm-hmm. trip to, was it? Uh, Bahamas. Had, yeah, Bahamas, Bahamas yeah. made a lot of waves, but uh, the competition in those matchups wasn't the, yeah. the highest, uh, let's say. Um, I, I, I know Nick from our No Ceilings crew is really high on Damian Collins. So and if he kind of starts to click, shows a little bit of a jumper, a little more consistency, kind of actually gets a more consistent role in the minutes he actually gets, um, it, it wouldn't surprise, surprise me to see him start climbing really quickly. All right. I like it. Yeah, I, I'm excited about the Kentucky team, except for uh, having to watch Seville Willer play more basketball. That's so. Is he going to start a point or is Case? Yeah, it, it looks like he's going to, yes. God, so they're going to put Kaysen in that same tie-tie role again? Mm-hmm. That's awful. Play him off ball. I take back it's everything awful. I just said. <laughs> It's it's grim times for the BBN, trust me. But um, hopefully we'll have more shooting around him, though. Uh, brought in Antonio Reeves, and he seems to be a sniper. So that'll be fun. Uh, but, fellas, you know, I mean, I, I think uh, I think we've drained all the draft knowledge we can drain out of you on October 11th. Uh, we'll definitely uh, you know come back to you uh, towards the end of the season. But always a blast having you on. Always leave the podcast, you know, with more knowledge of the prospects. So I want to go ahead and give you guys a chance to plug anything you're working on, plug your podcast, your Twitter profiles, whatever. Metcalf, go ahead. You're the best at this. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I have to do it every episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can find us. Uh, no, so uh, no ceilings NBA across all socials, no ceilings NBA.com. Uh, it's all free, hundred percent. Just click that subscribe button to make sure you never miss anything we write. Uh, no ceilings NBA draft podcast on Apple and Spotify. Um, 
yeah, this is a blast, guys. Appreciate you having us. Absolutely. Rucker, you got anything to add? No, I, I, um, all I want to say is thank you guys for having us on. We always talk about how excited we are to come on yeah. as Cone. I'm glad we didn't get to do this last time or I didn't get to meet you officially. I'm glad to officially meet you. And um, you guys let us know anytime you want us to come on and talk some OKC basketball. And I promise I'll get that uh, Chet Holmgren for Rookie of the Year ticket in for next year. Mark it down. Absolutely, man. Always a blast having you on. And we'll, we'll definitely be in touch throughout the season. So uh, with that being said, guys, uh, Hope everybody has a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can. And as always, thunder up. Thunder up. Thunder up. Thunder up. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.